0: For being here today. Before we get started, there's a disclaimer that we're talking about sex today. So I. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Fellas, I'm going to do my best. But if we are 11, as I said a moment ago, we're 11 weeks into a series called Family. And we're excited to share with you. Robin and I are doing some discussion, just answering questions that have been submitted. So thank you for being here. We'll do our best. We'll try to add a little humor, but a little wisdom, talk to you about some of the stuff. So let's jump right into it. Here's what we've said before. If I can get it to come on, I don't know, there we go. Plans are established by seeking advice. So if you wage war, obtain guidance. So what we're trying to do is to make sure that God is giving you advice to make sure that you're growing. Because how many of you know raising a godly family in this generation is a warfare? It's definitely a war. It goes on to say this though. Here's the question for today. We're going to do two of them. You want to read it there, sweetheart? And
1: I will. I'm just going to say that I told him that we would talk about intimacy as long as he did not make the blanket statement that women needed to pay rent. If you've been around any amount of time... (laughs) To any amount of time in church. It's like growing up, I heard that from the pulpit on and on and on. And I was like, what in the world does that mean? So women do not have to pay rent. Clear, clarifying that. Okay. The mortgage. All right. Yeah. All right. Can't say that. All right. Here we go. That was the preface. As husband and wife, we do not see eye to eye on sexual intimacy. Can you give some insight on intimacy in a marriage?
0: All right. So. My thinking on it is you would think that sex would be the easiest thing in marriage, especially when you sit in front of a, a guy and a girl on their wedding day and they're so excited to go off to the honeymoon. It's a little different now. Most people today probably have lived together or had a sexual intimacy long before marriage, even though we, we think sex should be held off till marriage. That's what the Bible teaches. But I have found that intimacy in the marriage is one of the biggest reasons why marriages go south. Because over time we lose the intimacy together and so what I would like to do is talk to you about what's going on in you personally that I think can help you and then get to a place to where Robin can offer some advice on something else. Let me read some scripture to you. First Corinthians chapter seven. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, intimating that sex between a husband and a wife should help stave off some lust and other things. And the woman should do this with her own husband. It goes on to say, the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife. That's what Robin was joking about, paying rent. And likewise, the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body. Jesus but yields it.
1: We're going to talk about this.
0: But yields it. I read this scripture to her one day and she goes, I don't like that at all. And I said, I said, but it's the Bible. She says, I don't care. A man probably wrote that. So... (laughs) <laughs> oh, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband in the same way The husband doesn't have authority over his own body But yields it to his wife So when we think about this, we're probably the man doesn't have authority when he wants her body He's thinking sex when she says no, I want your body. She's saying clean the house and help me out here <laughs> uh, Verse five do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent in other words The Bible says that this is such a powerful topic, sexual intimacy between a man and a woman, you shouldn't deprive each other. I don't know what that means per se of what depriving would be, but it says it needs to be by mutual consent. In other words, if a woman withholds sex from a man or a man from a wife, for whatever reason, it's not a biblical stance because it begins to open up doors. Watch what it goes on to say. Uh, Mutual consent except for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. So I've had people say, well, how long is time if we're not having sex for whatever reason we're angry we're mad we're whatever i say well the only time the bible gives consent that sexual intimacy shouldn't be happening is when you're in a state of prayer so either you need to be praying a whole lot or we need to discuss where intimacy went in our marriage then it says come together again and now the weirdest of things it introduces satan in the middle of the sexual relationship that it's such a powerful thing that this spirit world is involved with it. It's not just a natural thing between a man and a woman. Of course it is natural. Uh, You know, you don't even need God to have sexual relations with people. And it's so perverted today that it's just sexual, uh, sexualities everywhere today. Even your children at age six, seven, and eight years old are being bombarded daily with sexual images and sexual things. And we see why one of the reasons why is Satan is involved into the sexual relationship says if there if the sex between a man and a woman is not the way it should be it can be an open door for the enemy into your life and then it says this he'll make sure that you're not tempted because of your lack of self control so I want to talk to you today of this one thing I understand that sex is you know in our thinking it It just has all kind of ways of how we perceive it, but I at least want to start with the spiritual side of it and to understand that in your marriage right now, if your intimacy is lacking, if you're not careful, it can be an open door for the enemy to attack in various ways, to pull you apart, to get you to not bond with each other the way you should. So I'm gonna give you about a five minute expose of what I told Robin. I'd love to talk about. You're welcome. That's incredible artwork. <laughs> Nobody's going to hire me to be an art, but every person in the room has a spirit. At least as Christians, that's what we believe. And I will say this: if your spirit is sick, your marriage will be sick, because you're a spirit being. And the the reality is, if I think Rob, and this is my thinking, if I think she's going to meet every need I have, I'm, I'm sorely mistaken no woman or no man can meet the need that the other has all the way emphatically. We need God for those moments. And I'll say one of the reasons why. Because if, if, if sex is just intimacy sexually with each other, then uh, two, two years ago, my sweet bride went through a cancer diagnosis. Well, here's what you need to know about that, is it takes intimacy off the drawing board pretty quickly when she's had surgery she had a mastectomy she had uh, surgery to rebuild the breast she had tubes coming out of her she was on chemotherapy for several weeks her hair fell out you all may remember that went on that journey with us and so you better believe that when your bride is going through such a difficult time the children me uh, the house is tense with just uh, drains and tubes and medicines and doctor visits and pamphlets and that sexual intimacy, uh, it takes a backseat pretty quickly. And so when that happens, there needs to be something bigger. And the something bigger was not whether or not she and I were being uh, sexually intimate, but it was our intimacy with God that kept both of us sane. Not not just between each other, but individually. It was her relationship to God that kept her emotionally intact in a very hard moment. It was my intimacy with God. So before we ever talk sexual intimacy, let me just present this to you. Many times the, the greatest place your marriage can be is when you as an individual have an intimacy with God, yourself and you're not relying on your spouse to meet all of your needs god is my joy not her yes she brings me joy but there's some days she's not very joyous some days i'm not very joyous and the reason of that is we're a soul and everybody in the room regardless of how spiritual we are we all are emotional beings every one of us have good days and bad days we have days where we're emotional and then we're we're a body I don't know, but I've, as, sex, as sexual as a man can be, I find that any anytime I have a fever, I really don't care about sex that much because I'm a physical body and, and you get tired. So here's when we talk about sexual intimacy, there's no way we can discuss it and leave in any of this off because if any of these areas are weak, the whole package suffers. So that we'll take the spirit. I had a woman say to me one time, she says, my husband quotes the scripture that I just read you, that my body is his and, and I have to pay him for sex. And if I don't, he'll be tempted and I should have sex with him. And I said, okay, keep going. And she said, well, he said that the way God has designed it is that time he wants sex, he must ask me and then I'm obligated to give it to him because that's my duty as a wife. And I just said, okay, I'm going home, right? I mean, I'm like, dear Lord. But you understand that even Christian people who can quote the Bible and still be perverted. Ladies, your sex life with a, with a man isn't because he says, woman, submit and get in the bedroom and obey me because the Bible says You can quote scripture all day long, but if you don't understand, the soul and the body is also involved in this thing. You can quote Jesus and Bible, and we need to do devotions together, but if the soul is sick, the intimacy is sick. If the physical body is sick, the intimacy is sick. So as a package deal, all of us to, to have sexual intimacy in the marriage must realize we're each an individual package deal. My relationship with God is gonna affect us. My, my physicality of whether I'm in shape or whether I'm sick or whether I'm on medicine or I've worked really hard or I'm tired and I've had a long day and I come in kind of yang yang yang. or she's had a long day. And I come in and go, well, I don't even know why we don't have sex. You're just always busy, it's always the kids, it's always this because I cannot discount that no matter how spiritual we are, we're still a body that can wear out and be tired. But I want to talk about three or four more minutes about the soul. If your soul is sick, forget intimacy. You, you can have the sex act all day long. Ladies, you can submit. You can go to the bedroom. Fellas, you can go figure out however you're going to do the act and how fun it's going to be. But then the moment you, you lose sight that you're a soul. And the way we deal with our soul is different. I'm an emotional being, Robin's an emotional being. I have to cater to her emotions, she has to cater to mine, but before we even talk about marriage, Mark has to keep his emotions under control. For when she says, well, if I don't have sex with my husband, he might get tempted and go to porn. And I say, honey, if you don't have sex with me and I get tempted and go to porn, then where is my spirit with God? I can't use porn because I'm not having sex with you. Well, the Bible said you could be tempted, honey. I could be tempted, but as long as my spirit is healthy, you don't have to worry about me and another woman and me and porn and me mad that we didn't have sex five times this week because me and God. Now let's talk about my soul. I I just know this it's very hard for a woman to be intimate with a pouty man, a rude man, an obnoxious man, a mean man, a flirtatious man, a man that doesn't pay any attention to her and then he walks in and takes off his shirt and wants to hop in the bedroom and go, we need to have a wild time. She may have a wild time, but when it's over, you end up going yeehaw, walking out of the room, but her soul is hurting because she feels like all you needed her for was just her body, that you missed her heart. It's why men and and women approach sex differently anyway. Men approach sex very body oriented. We see the body, we're attracted to the image. The image, uh, you know, causes us to get aroused. And I I make jokes all the time, a man can get aroused if the wind blows. He doesn't need any help at all. As soon as the doors open, he's aroused. He's like, ah, wow. It, it, sometimes, not every woman, but it takes most women about six months to get aroused. They, they've got children and life and a man. And, 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 and the reason is, is much of sexual intimacy with a woman is more in the soulish realm. For the man, it's physical. That's why he can feel very connected to you, pinching your breast or your your behind, and you're like, stop it, quit, I'm just tired of that, why do you always have to pat me there and and pinch me there? And, And he's like, I just love you, I just want you to know that you're mine. You know, and then he just wants to kiss you right in the middle of cooking. He just gets excited and just walks in the kitchen and just plants one on you, puts you up on the counter. You're like, I don't have time. I got to cook. The chicken's cooking because men are physical. Men approach it from a body standpoint. However, women are soulish most of the time. They, they need to feel loved, appreciated, respected, heard, talked to, and I guarantee you, men, most women don't want to feel like they're nothing more than a piece of meat and a body for you to have sex with. They want to feel appreciated. So in this talking, I just want to start with the health of your spirit, soul, and body as an individual is critical to making sure the intimacy between the two of us is well.
1: Yeah, that is, all, all of that is correct. <laughs> so um, it, beyond beyond just the person being right, the marriage, like there, there are two people that are coming into a sexual relationship together when they're married. Um, men, I, I know that that men don't always think this way because of some of the things that Mark just said, um, the way way that they're wired. When they enter into marriage, um, they may understand that they have to be that they have to be right, that there has to be you know, things in them that are connected to the Lord, their soul has to be right, all of that stuff. But often what is missed is that there are two people that affect one another. So um, the first thing that I wanna say is men usually come to the bedroom just like that, right? Just him, just there. So Diana, I'd like you to stand up a minute. What? Just stand up. <laughs> Just stand up. Okay, none of, just stand up and be quiet. None of my children are in here, so these are going to be my children today. Stephanie, stand up. Lee, you're Michael, stand up. Mm All right, I need Sophia and Joey. April and Chad, if you would stand up, please. All right, and I need. I would
0: like Derek to be Victoria Kate. Okay, Derek, Derek, you can be
1: Victoria Kate.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Derek. <laughs>
1: and Carla, Carla, you can be Stella. All right, Ned, I would like you to stand up. You're my banker, so you are on my Klarna accounts, my Afterpay accounts, um, my things that are not credit cards because I can't have them because I don't manage them well. So, but you know, you can get these things that you can pay off in like six months. Klarna, Afterpay, Zip Pay. He is, he is all of those. All right, I need anybody who has sat on my couch in counseling. So don't be embarrassed if you've been there for pre marriage counseling. You've just been there to talk. All my people who've been on my couch, stand up, who've been in my office. Okay? All of you. Okay, I need rooster. So somebody, all right, Burl, you are my dog. Stand
0: Burl. up. Burl! <laughs> Sanson, baby. Sampson,
1: so, All right. What men don't understand. All right. And then I need Becky Balcom. You're just um, my teachers. You're all the teachers. You're my cheer board, my teachers, all the people who I deal with with Stella. Um, all right. Miss Patty, stand up. You are um, all my activities like um, cheer, gymnastics, tennis, dancing, um, soccer. homework, soccer, all the things. Okay. All of this comes into the bedroom with me. Dang it! Right? Every single bit of it. So there is no way for a man to really understand that. I know, I know that you're looking around y'all can sit down, but if there's anything,
0: I would like <laughs> to interject that is absolutely true. I'm like, I just he don't may- feel like you're here in the moment and her mind is just out there. I'm at soccer practice. <laughs>
1: like if there's anything going on with Michael or Olivia or anything just with Olivia or anything with Johnny love or Sophia or Victoria cater, so, or anything and how many of you know that these things are going on simultaneously all together all the time yeah. and women are just wired differently so we carry we carry every event Every circumstance that we're trying to fix, everything that hasn't pleased us for the day, everything that's on our hearts that's weighing on us, every concern, we carry a ton of baggage with us to the bedroom, just how how we're wired. And so if you take all of that and you add on top of it any kind of marital discord or any kind of just marital... I don't even wanna say something that's negative because marriage just takes work and work doesn't have to be a negative thing, right? It's two people living together. So just the positive energy that we'll call it of trying to create and maintain a a healthy marriage. If you don't understand that going into it, those things have to be lined up and in order, your intimacy is gonna suffer because of it. And women do have to do a, a good job of trying to balance that and juggle it and figure out You know that I can't bring my mother into the bedroom with me. I can't bring my children into the bedroom with me. I can't bring all their woes and concerns and everything that's going on. It, it's enough for me to have to fix that in the soulish part of what he's talking about that we are. But if we then go to this thing that he and I are one, if, if there's anything going on here, a conflict that hasn't been resolved, an issue that we're having, um, with the children together, um, an overarching, you know, just medical problem for the both of us. If, if we haven't figured out how to do life together, it's only going to compound the issue. So not only do you have to have yourself right here, but you have to have yourself right here in relationship with one another, which is one of the reasons that we, we so, Often, I know you all hear us push counseling so much. Um, It's not so that you can just dump money out of your pockets. It's not so that you can just, you know, sit and and spill all your stuff to some stranger you don't know. But it it is important for for intimacy one with another. The thing that makes marriage so spectacular to me is I believe that inside each of us, there is something that wants to connect to another human um, in the most Magnificent, magical kind of way. I believe it's the way we talked last week about Jesus connecting with us um, on a realm that we really can't even describe to people. I believe that that is what marriage is supposed to be. Um, and I read a book one time, best, best marriage book I ever read. In fact, I made Mark read it. It's called Fully Alive. And in that book, it talks about this thing that we're wanting with one another, which is really to connect, which is why how sex even shows up anyway. It is a physical connection that is supposed to be with one person, but I think it is representative of so much more than the act, right? I mean, an act can happen in the backseat of a car at 16. It's very different than what a marital relationship constitutes, right? The, the sexual relationship that we have is supposed to bring about this connection, um, so that the weight of everything that we both carry as individuals is supposed to be lightened and lifted. Think about what Jesus did for us, right? He came in and he, he, he carries us. He lives in us and through us. And he has his, his, his way of making our, um, just our existence here on this planet different than it would be without him. He fills the voids in our life. And yes, there there is that that only Christ can do, but he has given us this example of marriage as something that we are supposed to be for one another in that. And so if you go through your marriage allowing conflicts to continue to exist and never reaching a place where you've actually connected to one another, I don't just mean for lack of, of a better word, I don't just mean having an orgasm together. I mean a connection that of course is representative in the sex act, but if you don't, if you don't get there emotionally because of all the trauma around your day and all the trauma in the marriage, then you're doing yourself an injustice and you'll never, you'll never get to that point. So fixing the details of your marriage is critical, fixing the relationship that you have. And we have had to, we've had to have some conversations about, well, this went wrong this day, you know, where this, it wasn't a good day. You came in and I felt, you know, he, he mentioned a while ago, you know, just feeling used and um, feeling you know, like it is just, just a moment, um, that you're in the bedroom. Sex is more than that. And, and men have to understand the mindset of a woman when she enters into that equation and, and they have to work together to yeah, fix I that. I think
0: that's why the joke rolling among married couples is, you know, of the woman that says, well, I, I can just fake it. I can fake being excited. I can fake the orgasm because an emotional thing and the man, the man's thinking physical. And so how easy it is even in the bedroom to be in the middle of an act and finish that act. He goes away happy as she lays there sad or he goes away sad and she goes sad because he feels like I don't please her because she's just not engaging like she used to. And so I feel like a failure. So he runs to porn, he runs to other things. She feels like she can't meet his needs. And then they start arguing over it. And so when we got married in 1990, we made a decision that we would get to our wedding day and have never had sex. So you can imagine on the wedding day when we're going, I'm like, yes, Jesus, praise God. I don't have to repent. No more cold showers. Praise God. I'm good. And and sex was great. for. Unless uh, you
1: think we were really holy. It was very difficult. Yeah, like, uh, yes, that's had, why God
0: like, made showers, cold showers in like, the King James we Bible. We
1: scripture so, everywhere, scripture in his apartment, scripture in his closet, scripture in the bathroom scripture in the bathtub, scripture uh, in his door of his apartment. I mean, like everywhere, we would just turn and the word would be right there. And I was like, I don't know how it worked, but praise God, we survived.
0: I was was having flashbacks. I don't know. (laughs) So we get married and and sex is good for the first few years. There's no, it's just what you go into it thinking, but I didn't realize that I married a woman with a soul and she's very she's very analytical in her mind and I, I she's an only child she's an only and I'm a baby so there were many times I would lay in bed going why didn't she pursue me she should pursue me and she's laying there going I'm not about to pursue a man if he'd love me he pursue me and neither one of us are even talking we're just we're our personalities the baby wants to be doted on. I don't know why she won't dote on me. Meet me at the door. I mean, there's other women that meet their husband at the door and kiss him right when they come home from work. I come home from work, she, she's just busy with everything else. I just wish she would just meet me at the door in a lingerie sometime. That would be wonderful. I never tell her that. It's just that's what the baby is thinking. She should dote on me. She's an only thinking he should be sending me flowers, thinking about me all the time. He should come home and ask how my day is doing. Well, guess what happens over time? Over time, we both let our personalities without resolving conflict begin to dictate the bedroom. Then, fast forward and at a child, Because then she starts saying things like, I just feel like I'm a cow. All I do is nurse, 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 nurse. And then I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Oh, no, no, my breasts are leaking. Don't, don't, stop. And then the moment the child gets old enough to realize that the moment you kiss mother, they show up. (laughs) That they're nowhere to be found. And you're like, hey, this is our moment. And you reach over to kiss her and all of a sudden, mama, and they come walking in. Oh, we'll do that four times over. And then to help marriage be more intimate, you have dogs, and dogs have a weird way. The moment we sit next to each other, they're like, oh no, oh no, never. oh no, no, no. They get right in the middle of us. So this intimacy thing between the both of us, I want to say it's not as romantic as it sounds. It's work. It's a challenge. My dad told me years ago, son, sex is like this. It's mashed potatoes and steak, sometimes. When it is, enjoy it. Other times it's broccoli and asparagus. You need it, just appreciate it.
1: That sounds like a rent statement.
0: <laughs> his, his point was, it's life, you're both individuals, Sometimes it's good sex. Sometimes it may not be but you need to make sure you always stay intimate together So we go together to counseling We ended up in counseling in South Carolina. We're working on our marriage like Robin said we want to work through problems together We want to become better and we pressed in and I sat in front of the therapist and she said well mark So how many times a week do you think you and Robin should be intimate in a sex encounter? I lied I said, oh, two times maybe? And Robin was great with that. Like, that's good, too. maybe, one. That wasn't one.
1: what he wanted to say. He yeah. had to reign and,
0: so. And so she answered, she, the, the therapist said, well, Robin, what do you think? She said, yeah, once or twice is probably good, you know, for my thinking. And then I just said to the therapist, I said, I lied. I just lied, <laughs> I, I'm going seven. I'm just going to shoot seven out there. That's every day. I'm just going to throw it out there like I'm good every day. Every single day, just let me know. So you can see the tension. Like I'm ready to roll seven days a week. I'm a young man. She's thinking once is great, twice is whoop. And I'll, you can see how quickly that it begins to tank because I start feeling like, well, do you have time for me? You're always busy. I always feel like every time we're in the bedroom, I even said to her in, in the few years when we had children, I said, I just feel like you're never mentally here. I didn't know all this then. I just knew that I love this woman, but, but the bedroom was, it seemed like her mind was always other places. And now you heard what she said. She had everybody stand up that she brings all of that wine because the soul, the spirit and the body is so important to all of us. And if we're not healthy in the soulish realm together, and we don't talk this out. This is one of the things she mentioned about conflict, being able to talk it out. I am, an, I am the baby, and I would love to be pursued. I'm the only Well, So would I. And then if you're not careful, you fight over that. Well, I feel like every time we're intimate, your mind is a thousand other places. So it's why we go on a vacation and then we go on vacation and we're like, this is it. We're at the beach. This is awesome. Kids, stay at the pool. Don't even talk to your mother. Right? And then you realize that even though the kids aren't around, she's still very much connected to everything that's her. And so ladies, it is a challenge. I live with five ladies. It is a challenge. It is a challenge to rein in and go, for this moment, I need to discipline, what did it say, self-control, that my husband needs my time. And fellas, she's not a piece of meat. She's not just some thrill. She's the divine child, daughter of God. And you need to help that process throughout the day.
1: I'll tell you guys some things that might help that process, um, that will make it very practical. I know that you know traditionally, um, you know men were at work, women were at home. I know that that is not quite the same anymore, but but don't think that women's minds have changed just because they're at work. So all of that still comes with them, even if they are working a forty-hour-a-week job. So. Um, we're not really expecting men to step up to the plate and carry all of that away from us, but but what helps is when we know that you understand it, that you know. So asking us questions about our day coming home and realizing that yes, maybe she has been home all day, but if, if laundry still needs folded or dishes need done or trash needs taken out or anything that kind of eases some of that load, asking like what's going on with the children? You as a father taking on the responsibility of having a relationship with them as well to help their emotional needs, not just leaving it on the plate of a mom. Sometimes I think especially moms who know who Nurse in the beginning, it kind of relinquishes dad from from some of that first initial contact um, with them. But as your children grow, you need to carry some of that emotional um, luggage as well. It just helps a woman to know that she's not in this all alone carrying them. So, so being very upfront and communicative with your wife, actually being willing to use you know, Mark I know is verbal, so he he is not the atypical man. He's probably more verbal than um, than some. Um, but you, you have to begin to have emotional, verbal connection with your wife. If you want to help clear some of this up, um, you know, and then help her understand that you're there to carry it. So doing things around the house for them and with them, it just helps. Anytime, anytime we feel like just a little bit of that is lifted off, for me personally, it just helps us to breathe and take a deep breath. And be able to understand that the 80 things that are with us, we're just not in the ballgame all alone by ourselves. So, um, talk to your wife. Be verbal in the home. I know that, that you're fighters and protectors, and you're cavemen, and you want to, um, you know, pay all the bills. You want to just, you know, wrestle the bears that come to, you know, outside in the wilderness to get us. But we need you emotionally, um, which so let, I know is a stretch.
0: for Let me some see of if you. I heard what you said. So, like this, you have to. So, yeah. so I cleaned the closet yesterday.
1: He did. So that
0: it's... means I might get lucky today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, just asking. I was listening to that going, this is going to be a great day. Like I, I did clean the closet yesterday. That <laughs> it is true though, fellas. It is true that you can help. Well, it was not too long ago. I just came home and knew she was tired. And I said, sit down. I want to give you a shoulder rub. She sat on the floor and I just rubbed her shoulders. And it's amazing that in that, it wasn't the sex act per se, but it's amazing how a 15 minute shoulder rub with her sitting on the floor and me just rubbing her shoulders in front of the couch while I was watching TV, how much it took off of her mind. How much it let her just, uh, you could just feel the tension, not in the shoulders, but just the energy of all the stuff going on in her mind just to have a moment to breathe, just to have a moment to feel like it's, uh, because I will say this ladies and fellas, if you have children in the home especially, there's not much time that mom and your wife has her own time. She's always on call 24-7 yes. at all times. And yes, you're part of that phone call. I remember years ago, I came home and I said, hey, there's no kids. I said, you, you want to go to the bedroom and have sex? And she, this is what she responded back. She said, well, if, if you need it, I will. And I, which was a great answer. I should have just said, yay. But, but what I heard is, I don't really have time for you. I'm so tired, but I want to be a good wife. And, but no, that's the way I heard it. So even though when we're trying to help each other, you know, the way I respond soulishly, I just walked off the, well, if that's the best you got, then never mind. I don't want to bother you. Because I took that whole pouty spirit of, well, I don't want to bother you. And she's like, you're not bothering me. I love you. And I said, I know, but I know. So I would love to just give my advice here. In this thing called marriage, men, you're typically physical. You can be on and off pretty quickly. Ladies, you're typically emotional. You need to work together as a team. And when that doesn't happen well, you need to be able to have a discussion by being mature people in your soulish realm to be able to talk about what each other needs and to offer and to understand that when we go in the bedroom, we go in the bedroom as a couple, but the way we go in soulishly is totally different. And you can help each other out during the day. You can conversate about it. You can come to therapy about it. You can read books about it. But how to help each other? Rather, remember, I told you it would be a war, rather than it being a war. And it's been years since you've been intimate. Maybe you're at a place where physically you can't. That's okay. You can still become intimate in a soulish way to talk to each other, to feel heard, to feel. And as all that begins to work, when she feels supported and loved and heard, and I feel supported and loved and heard. My belief is the intimacy in the bedroom goes a lot better than what you're presented with on TV. Because on TV, though there's cameras in the room and everything, there's typically not dogs, fruit flies, kids, bills, and everything. It's the nice musical setting. You're teared up thinking, wow, this is wonderful. It's not reality. And that's why a lot of marriages fail because what Hollywood presents to us is romance is not romance, it's a movie. Romance is a work together to where we strive together to make it.
1: Um, One final thing for those of you who are readers, this is not a um, Christian sex book, although there are many of those I can recommend if you need them, but um, the best book I've ever read on intimacy together for husband and wife, seriously, the the absolute best, is called Fully Alive. If you'd like to get a copy of it, um, that is the name of it. It's by Dr. Larry Crabb, so um, C-R-A-B-B. Best book ever. It
0: is a good book. When she gave it to me to read, she said, here I I'd like to give you this book and what I heard is you really need to read this and so I sat down and read it but the one thing that I thought was very interesting it's worth the read just for this chapter he he made the statement that a man and a woman are like on a bridge and they're both at each end of the bridge and what they typically do is try to get the other one to cross the bridge to intimacy and they're constantly in this battle of do we meet in the middle? Does he come all the way? Does she come all the way? And so what happens in the romance intimacy department is we begin to play games with each other. We begin to manipulate each other, the pouting, the, the not speaking, the not paying attention to each other, ignoring each other, going quiet and, and not understand why the intimacy is not there. And it's, I almost can guarantee you that most intimacy problems in a marriage will not be spirit and body. It's going to be because of the soul, because of the emotions, the way we feel, the way we think, the way we were raised the way we didn't even get into this, but the way we even perceive sex is going to have a profound impact on that. And I think we can overcome it if we just learn how to discuss when we get home to say, hey, tell me what you think about our sex life and then just sit and listen. And then when you're done, rather than getting angry, work it out and begin to have conversations and we'll, I think we can see it go forward, amen? Do me a favor, if you will, and stand up.